Packers News Podcast. Your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, returning to talk to everyone. Joining me, my partner in crime, it's Matt. Hey mate, you're feeling a lot, lot better than you was last time, I'm hoping. I, 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 I am here. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, this, this is the extent of the wellness, I am here. But uh, a very quick thank you to everyone who sent me a message. I appreciate it. If I've not replied yet, I will. Um, but sorry, very kind people message to see how I was. Uh, even the guy who sends abuse every week, just to sort of check in. Obviously, he wanted to make sure I was okay and up for more abuse. That's why he was just wanting to. Yeah, yeah that's another yeah, novel. Just, so are you still that. alive? Yes. Thank you for the message. Good. Now I want to tell you how crap you are. Brilliant. Uh, so <laughs> thanks again, Mum. Uh, but anyway, uh, we we have a packed show. So so less about me. Let's dive into it. Uh, Going to open the show talking about our latest Premier League game, uh, which was uh, Tottenham Hotspur two. Fulham won, uh, goals from Huibier and Kane. Uh, mate, your thoughts on this one? Obviously, we got a Champions League game to talk about in a bit, but your thoughts on this one? Because I felt it was our best performance of the season and the scoreline flattered Fulham greatly. Yeah, you can. there's a lot of talk at the moment about how we're not playing at our best, yet we're still you know, grinding out results. That's how they're sort of describing yeah. it. You can you can see it's you can see the Conte team now coming together and and it is yeah. just a case now I think of let's let's see how it goes I I, I think look it's probably there is an element of truth in it we aren't, we're not playing at our best but we yeah. are winning games we we're, you know, we're unbeaten in the league we're, we're we're flying really if you just look at the results so yeah I, it, it got a little bit nervy I mean when we went two new up. I was like, oh, this is all settled, and they scored that goal. And you're like, oh, sugar. I think whenever yeah. whenever Mitrovic is on the pitch, as much as he's, he's a lazy player, you can see he's a lazy player, yeah. which is why he's not playing for one of the bigger teams in, in inverted commas. But yeah. his ability is is frightening, and and yeah, I just when that 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 one went in, you know what I feel? I don't know about you, but he's really annoyed by it. You'll know about, you'll know this, you'll understand this because you're of my generation as well. And people I'm surrounded with a similar age. We was all saying, you watch Vinicius now score the equaliser. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then William scored the winner. Yeah. Yeah. The narrative gods were not on our side that they signed William. And that's a lot of history with that guy. (laughs) And us Vinicius, and Daniel James, who of course we were heavily linked with, it was like there's no way that these three players aren't going to combine at some point to score. But <laughs> luckily, um, I, I say luckily, we were for me we, we were great, uh, and it was kind of like I looked at the stats at the game, and we had like something like 14 shots on target, which for us this season is no, that's not really happened. We were sort of like 10 shots, maybe four or five on target, and we're winning games, but. We we did batter them for a large part of it, and I, and I kind of I I always get that sinking feeling. Like if you get like ten shots on target and you've not scored, I have that. Oh, this is going to be one nil to them. This has they're going to get one shot, <laughs> score one goal. Mm. It's just going to be one of those days. But uh, I'm delighted to win the game. Um, I I, I stand by the fact that I think the scoreline really flattered Fulham. Uh, it was a well taken goal. Their striker, you know, like you said, Mitrovic is a talented guy. 
good goal, but I, I do feel like that that game could have easily been four nil, five nil, or like six one or something. You know, I, I just really feel that. Um, it kind of leads quite nicely into a quick discussion on Sonny. Um, last season, Sonny had a run of form which was absolutely awful. And there was this rumour flying around everywhere that his head had been turned because he was linked with a move to Bayern Munich in the summer. And lo and behold, he grabbed a goal in a game and boom, he just flew to the end of the season and was just unplayable. He was sensational. Or sensational. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm here all week. Um, and... I, he started this season in that kind of drab spell again, you know, and and it happens. It happens to some of the best players in the world. They have these moments. You cannot question his work, though. You know, he, the guy's still making all the runs, doing everything he can. He just, I find it almost, um, I don't know about you, but I find it almost sad at the moment. Like, I saw him, uh, I know we're going to come on to it in a minute, but I saw him in the Champions League game against Marseille. We're breaking. It's 3v3. This is like Sonny's absolute time to shine, running at a defender, defender backing off. And it looked like his brain went, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And <laughs> and he just seemed to just stumble forward and get tackled and like the whole thing broke down. And it almost feels like something needs to come to him where he doesn't think. He just hits it, you know, scores, and all of a sudden his whole body will go, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's this is how it. This is how I do it. But what, what's your thoughts on Sonny at the minute, from from the Fulham game and the Marseille game? What were the season so far? Full stop. Yeah, he's really strange with him because, like you said, he, he come off last season absolutely flying. Yeah, and it's only been the, the break in the season that's happened. I mean, it's not like what yeah, else has what else has happened apart from that? But he just uh, seems to have come back a completely different player, devoid of confidence. And you're yeah. right. And I think we've said it in the podcast in the past, and, and I know it's only probably a few people have noticed with him. He seems to be one of these players that, like you said, if he has time to think, yeah, it, it just it mess, like if he's got time to think and he's on form, it, it's good. But if he's got time to think and he's struggling, it makes it ten times worse. Yeah. And and it all like you say, almost you almost feel like he just needs. T- almost like a, a tapping or something, just something where the, the ball's given to him on a plate and he cannot miss, bang, yeah. there you go, and now he's got his confidence back. Because you, you're right, I mean, I know obviously we're going to talk about the Champions League game and I, and I thought he really struggled in that game as well. Yeah, but he I is really so. struggling. And it, and it's it's funny because, look, we, we always, like, you know, me and Seb always, when we were going to the game, we always predict what the lineup's going to be and then t- nine times out of ten, we're, as we're walking along, it's kind of more or less where we are, but we yeah. we was both adamant that, that someone's going to get dropped against Fulham, uh, and Richarlison was going to start in his place. So we yeah. was really surprised that poor Kulusevski, who's done nothing wrong, was yeah. the guy that got you, dropped. Yeah, you you and me both, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> I think his management. Um, there are some players I think you know. Right, if I drop him, he's going to be pissed. He's going to be angry. He's going to come back snarling when I bring him off the bench. I think there are some players that I think perhaps you know, if I drop him, he's going to go maybe sit in the corner, listen to a Coldplay album and rock backwards and forwards. And <laughs> that's not going to do anyone any good. And when I call him off the bench, he's just going to go, no, I'm rubbish. Call somebody else, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think he's playing him and playing him and playing him because he knows, like we as fans know, Sonny's going to score at some point. And I'll tell you something that's really cracked me up, right? Our next game is Manchester City away. I think every Tottenham fan's looking at that going, oh, 
yeah, yeah. come on guys <laughs> this, this could be bad but come on we, we come on we can do this we did a double over them last year probably means they're really pissed but mm. come on come on and they have Haaland now <laughs> yeah and oh yeah don't even get me started on the goal machine Haaland but what cracks me up is when I go on the Twitter Man City fans oh bloody hell Sonny's going to score against us, isn't he? <laughs> and I'm like, really? Man City fans, they hate... We're a jinx to them. They they have they have it in their heads that playing Tottenham is a nightmare. And I'm, and I'm just kind of sat there going, what an amazing feeling. I don't think I've ever had this before. And they're all just like, oh, I really wanted Sonny to score tonight because you just know otherwise it's going to be against us. I'm like... Wow, <laughs> this is weird. It, it's really funny with Men's City because I know yeah. I know we did the double over, double over them last season. Yeah, we but did. We, yeah. we we kind of are their bogey team. You look yeah. over the years, yeah. games that since they should have won. So, someone's put uh, yesterday a stand. I wish I'd copied it, but since Pep Guardiola took over at Man City, obviously a ridiculously successful period for them. We've taken more points off them by any, than anybody else, and it's by a margin. Like, it is a significant... Uh, it's something like eight points more than anybody else, and that includes Liverpool. And also, so well, don't we, forget the we, Champions League. We've beaten them in the Champions Yeah, we did. I, I think we ought to just say all these things now to enjoy them, because yeah, exactly. I do think they're angry. I do think I do worry about Saturday. From the point of view, you just know the team talk is basically... They did the double over us last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what he's going to say... What, I think what they'll probably say is they'll, they'll probably tell Harland that... Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Conte's best mates with Roy Keane I think that's probably all you need yeah, to say yeah. just like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harlan uh, they all said something about your mum don't, don't know don't know what they said but you should you should discuss that with them yeah. uh, he's, he's a machine I mean I, I've followed him for quite a long time but really really random random thing okay I was watching a program about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a coach in Norway right this is a long time ago, and it's bizarre. And there was a young striker who was the son of a former Premier League player, and this is Haaland. And I think he was like 16 at the time of this program. And I looked at him, and I was like, he is never 16. He's like six foot odd, built like a shit house. He runs like a 100-meter sprinter. And he was scoring goals in Norway like easily at that age group. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And then he went off to, I think it was RB Salzburg, I think, in Austria, and just barreled in goals. And then he got went to Borussia Dortmund and just barreled in goals. And he's, But you look at him and the build of him, and you just know, ever since I've seen him play, I've been like, he'll suit the Premier League. You know, he's a defender's nightmare. He's big, mm. he's fast. The guy's great in like finishing he just knows what his movement's phenomenal and yeah so now he's in the premier league and and i, I someone i was a pundit said oh you know he's not done it in a proper league though has he <laughs> just sort of like oh here we go here we go yeah. and i think he scored 10 goals in six games it's if not he, a bad start if he carries on like this i mean He's gonna oh, just yeah. blow every goal scoring record. I mean, I, I did, I did see the other day. Um, Harry Kane's gonna break Shearer's record just to retire and see Haaland break it the next week. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> break, break his heart. Um, but, It'd probably be on two hundred uh, next season, Haaland, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I, I mean, I, 
All we can hope for is a opening minute Romero cruncher where yeah. Romero gets a book in and Haaland takes six months off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that'd do. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, let's um, let's go back in. I, I do. I promised everybody I'd do this a while ago, um, and now the window is closed. I think it's a good time for me to do this now, and that is a loan update. Now it's time for the loan update. Now, no one knows this because they can't see, but I have this uh, soundboard in front of me nowadays, and I completely forgotten what sounds I've loaded into the the board. <laughs> now, normally I write it down. So when I just did that, it was complete potluck. Oh, <laughs> I, I I I guessed it was one or two, that was either going to be fan comments. Or a loan update, and I got it right. So I'm actually that would have been quite awkward. Chuffed. Now people that would have been really awkward. Pe- people would months. never, yeah, I know exactly. People would never have known uh, if I hadn't brought it up, but they know now that I'm just not that good. Uh, so uh, we have a number of players out on loan. The first one is going to surprise a few people because he's probably a forgotten guy, and that's Alfie Whiteman, goalkeeper, age 23, academy graduate. He is on loan at Dagenfors in Sweden. It's his second time there uh, just getting games, basically. He's their first choice keeper. Um, And I don't fully know what the plan is there. I'm guessing he's playing for a contract and a move somewhere uh, because Brandon Austin has clearly been nodded to be ahead of him. He's the third choice keeper in this first team squad. They're the same age. So... I don't imagine him coming back and being part of the first team squad. I I think he's playing for a deal to leave now. Uh, Also out on loan, we have Joe Roden. Uh, As most people will know, uh, Joe's 24 and he's at Rennes in France. This loan deal does have an option for them to buy. Um, He started quite well there, um, grabbed a goal. Um, Interestingly, he's getting quite good reviews from the press, not such good reviews online, which I think is another, uh, just a society in general, really, isn't it? It's kind of like, oh, that guy's good. Go to Twitter. No, he's not. The joys of social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Giovanni Lachelso is back at Villarreal on loan. Uh, Giovanni is 26 years old, as most people, as some people will know. He is there, and it is a straight loan deal. Um, they wanted to put an option in the buy. Obviously, they wanted to buy him for a stop, but as anyone who's following uh, Spanish football will know, there is a lot of problems in Spanish football financially. Um, they've got very, very strict rules there now, and the clubs are struggling. <laughs> um, a lot of them are really struggling. And Villarreal simply, although they could afford to buy him, couldn't put it through, couldn't get him registered based on the new rules. So it's a loan deal again. He will be available to return from this loan in January because we are obviously trying to sell him. So if another club comes in in January and wants to buy him, we have the option to end his loan and sell him in January. Failing that, he'll be there for the season and then return to us next summer. Hopefully, uh, financial situation across Europe will be a bit different and he can find a home then. Uh, Tangi Undembele, of course, is currently 25, is at Napoli on loan. Uh, as many people will know, Napoli had a good night in the Champions League last night, beating Liverpool 4-1. Did he play that game? 
Honestly, don't know. Uh, yeah. I genuinely, I was so focused on us. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't see the other score until later, and I just cracked up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> just, it's so bizarre yeah. what's happening in Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, it's um, seven-year itch again. He had this at Dortmund. The team were nearly relegated in his seventh season, and they fired him, um, which was nuts when you consider he was Champions League and challenging for titles and winning domestic trophies with Dortmund, and then boom, seventh season, it all went to hell. Mm. Uh, one person did point out that inhalers tend to stop working after seven years, but that's a whole oh, yeah. different. That's an entirely different podcast. <laughs> I've um, just, I've just seen Sam um, uh, and Dom and Dom Bele was an unused substitute, so yeah, they've obviously had nothing really as well. Yeah, yeah, totally done with him. <laughs> they have the option to buy Tangi. Um, personally, he'll probably be back with us again next summer, and we'll be selling in the McDonald's. Uh, another a couple of that have just gone on straight loans. Uh, Sergio Regulon is at Atletico Madrid. There is no buy option or anything involved in that. It's a straight loan covering 100% of his wages for the season. And another one is Harry Winks. Harry Winks has gone to Sampdoria in Italy. Uh, no options involved in that one either. Uh, Regulon is 25. Winks is 26. Um, but yeah, two season on loans with the view of both of them just getting as many games as they can. And then obviously the club will reassess next summer on what's best for them, what's best for the club. Um, there are two more, and I've left these two to last because I want to make a little bit of a point um, where the two loans I've left to last is Troy Parrott, who is age 20 and is at Preston in the Championship. Uh, Troy has started very well. He's, I don't think he's grabbed a league goal yet, but is getting great reviews, getting minutes. He's really putting the effort in, playing for Preston, so... If you get an opportunity, you see a Preston game on, check it out. He is doing very well. Uh, Dane Scarlett's down in League One with Portsmouth. Uh, Dane is 18, and he's having a phenomenal start to his loan. Um, he he scored two goals uh, as Portsmouth came from behind the winner game 2-1 at the weekend and earned himself his first senior man of the match as well. So he is loved there. Literally, the Portsmouth fans and Portsmouth Twitter can't call him Starboy. They absolutely love him. He's really flying, isn't he? He is. Uh, again, if you get the opportunity to watch him, uh, you do, because he is a real talent. Um, like I said, I left those two to the loans because out of all of those loans I've just listed, which I think is eight, uh, eight or nine, those are the only two that are academy players and what we would class as development loans. Everyone else is a senior first-team player that's either we're trying to get them out the door or trying to get him some minutes and maybe we'll get him out the door if you know they do well when they get minutes. These are the only two that are development loans. And I think this is a massive problem we have at the club with the academy. To give you a little bit of context, I've made a note of how many academy loans are from some other clubs in the Premier League. So we have two. Manchester City have eight from their academy. That's one of the lowest. We are the lowest. Man City with eight is another one. Arsenal, our obviously nearest rivals, have 18. So that's 18 of their academy players from the under-23 squad, under-18 squad, are currently playing first-team football in England. Brighton have 16. Chelsea, 15. Liverpool, 14. Wolves, 13. Villa, 12. Southampton, 12. Crystal Palace, 11. It's not good. (laughs) 
I, I've talked a lot about academy and pathways and talked a lot about, you know, the structure and everything. We have fallen behind in the recent years where players are coming into squads of our rivals and we're not being able to bring through that same the same talent. And for me, one of those absolute key reasons is that people are utilising the loan system and we are not. There is no substitute for first-team football. There really isn't. Um, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the old-fashioned of, oh, go get kicked around and make a man out of him kind of attitude. I just mean the fact that when... Uh, I remember Andros Townsend wrote a piece, and it was brilliant, and he talked about going on loan, and he was an academy player at Tottenham. Very pampered existence. You know, you're at a Premier League team, wonderful facilities... And he got sent on loan and he's there in a dressing room with people that they're fighting relegation. And these people are literally fighting for their homes. He's like, I'm 18 years old. I'm there on loan. And there are players there that if this club gets relegated, we'll be out of a job. There's ground staff. There's people there who literally, it is their livelihood. And if the team goes down, it's massive. It's a huge, huge, big deal. And it was a massive learning curve for the realities and the kind of, you know, professionalism that is required. You know, you're not just a kind of show up, oh, win or lose, never mind, I'll drive home in my Mercedes. This is the reality of football for a lot of people. Um, you can't replicate it. It's just impossible to replicate those kind of environments, those kind of uh, learning experiences that comes. And like I've just listed there, Every other club is using this system and is developing their players, and we're not. I, I don't get don't get me wrong, Sam. I, I I'm not going to argue that we haven't got enough players out out uh, like development players out on loan. Yeah, but at, at the same time, uh, look, maybe it's just my ignorance of of the subject and and how it all works. But having 18 uh, players development players out on loan, I mean. Yeah. Those eighteen, like, what, what's what's the plan? I mean, you're not you're not going to get like what what in two years time you're going to put like all eighteen in the, in the first team squad. No. I thought this no, what, what's, what's, it's got to be a, a level somewhere, isn't there? Isn't that too many? Yeah, no, no. But at the same time, is if like um uh, if you have eighteen academy players, you know, not all eighteen of them are going to make it for you. You know, not all of them are going to hit a Premier League level, but. If you send all 18 of them out on loan, you are given them the best possibility to learn to play football. Now, when they when they come back and you assess them, of those 18, you might say, okay, I think eight of this 18 are potentially good enough. And what we're going to try and do is get them alone at a higher level this time or or alone in the Premier League even. Look, look at Chelsea. You know, last season they had five players at Premier League teams. You just, you then try and develop and to get them minutes or if there's someone exceptional, again, Chelsea, when they had that transfer ban, they bring them in, Mason Mount, etc., and they just join the first-team squad. Think back when we had Ryan Mason, Harry Kane, etc., all break through at the same time. You finally push them in because you feel that they're ready. But you, it's like a... Uh, I know this is difficult to say when you're talking about people, but it's like a kind of a percentage game. If we have got 10 good players and we know only two to three of them are going to make it, that's the kind of percentage that you're playing with. So you want to try and get as many as possible out into the system 
so you get as many back. And also, they, they'll get careers. You know, if a kid goes on loan at uh, Bristol Rovers and does very well, you assess him and go, no, he's probably not good enough for the Premier League. He'll have offers from that level because everyone's seen him play at that level. He will have a career. At the moment, we've got our academy stacked full of talent and a lot of it left by the way in this this summer we lost like five six very good young players that is just sat there and no one knows if they can make it in professional football now if we release five or six of these players they are going to have to go on trials they're going to have to try and earn contracts places try and impress people if they had had loans if they'd been developing People would know what they're about. They would know if they can make it in League One, League Two, Championship. So it's not just a benefit into the club, it's benefiting to the individual as well. Because if they can't display that they can make it, their career could be over. I and mean, you know, there's a lot of Premier League Academy players that just vanish from football. Yeah. Whereas if they were good enough to make it to an academy in the Premier League, they're really they're they're good enough to play at a level. They really should be. I mean, I, I watch a lot of the game. And the games now are available via Spurs Play. More and more people will be able to watch it. And you will see there's a lot of players there. You think, well, yeah, they might not be Premier League. But, you know, I've watched League Two, League One, Championship. They're, they're there, definitely, already. Sure. And, and this, is, this is my point. It's, it's kind of, not only does it benefit the club, it benefits the individual as well. Because... Your, your shop window or your development, it's all its all hand in hand. But when you're just playing academy football, it's not the same. You can't replicate. You're not getting the same experience and you're not getting the same exposure. And, you know, we cut eight, ten players at the end of last season and I, I've seen maybe two of them get picked up. It, it's, it's just my opinion, obviously. It is just my opinion, but... I, I feel like we we're really underutilizing it, both for the club's benefit and and the players. You know what, Sam? I come back from that Champions League game all buzzing, and you put me on right down about Spurs. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I, I was just no, uh, I, I was mate, just focusing I, on that. No, I know. Listen, I, 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 you make complete sense, and I, and it's it's a it's a it's frustrating, isn't it? Because I, I think I mentioned this in a, a podcast a couple of a couple of uh, weeks ago that like I don't understand how. Um, Look, we're, we're when you look at the money in the club, right? You know, there's yeah. multi-million. Why, why is that missing? Like, you know, what, why, yeah. why, why isn't there someone in charge of that? Like, what, what? I'd understand if there was, there was, um, if you, like, if you go down to maybe League One, League Two, yeah. and you think, oh, look at that, they're not doing that properly, not doing it that properly, but you know, they're, they're, they're a smaller right. club. But when you look at, we're an elite club or a Champions League elite club. Yeah. Why, 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 why is no, something that that, that makes sense? to everybody outside of it happening you know I don't uh, understand I'm compl- I don't know if you, it's something you can shed light on the, the only the only theory I have and again this is just purely my opinion is the club relied so heavily on John McDermott mm. John McDermott and our academy he you know I, I've sort of joked about it the guy could like sit in a meeting put his hand to his head and go oh a new left back has just been born in Enfield. <laughs> you know, the, the guy, he was so in tune, like, and he knew every player. He knew the background of every player. He knew the families of every player. And you could literally walk up to him and go, Hey, you know, we're struggling to find a left back for the under 23s. And you go, Right, we got this kid, this kid, this kid. I feel like we had an over reliance on one person. 
And Paratici is massively changing the structure at the club. He is from top to bottom with coaching, the development. And I think this will be something that get addressed. I, I really do. Um, but at the moment, it's not been. Okay, so, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I see that, Sam. And, and okay, so if, if we say that it's, it, we're in transition, right, which we are, we're massively in transition yeah. with yeah, like, yeah. The, 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 the behind the scenes. So yeah. it's one of those things that, okay, it's, it's not great at all. And it's almost to the point of embarrassing when you look at other clubs that have, that have got so many more players out yeah. on loan, like you said. And unfortunately, they're horrible, you know, the the biggest rivals the ones that seem to be doing it yeah. the best or got the most out in any case but if it is a, if it is a transitional thing and it's something that he'll work on by the very nature of the fact that these players uh you know that the development takes time anyway so I, I agree with you we've, we've lost we've lost talent like you said like there's a lot of players that have gone that have, that have moved on uh that we could potentially have sent out on loan to develop but yeah it, it's I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. So if 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 we are in development, if if it is something that is addressed, and then two three years down the line is it vastly yeah. improved, is it gonna is it gonna be that bad of a thing right now? Do, do you know what I mean? Um, the the issue is what <laughs> I'm I'm trying not I don't want to be negative. I'm not trying to be, but realistic. It's like realistic. if if you if you um. If you think about the academy as like classes, think of it like a school for a minute. Um, every year, a new class graduates. Does that make sense? Mm. Like every year, uh, uh, the upper sixth leave and the school, the classes, they continue and you get new kids come in. So if, for example, we are two years, three years behind every other school, they've got graduating classes that they are picking from going, oh, this kid's good. You know, a class of 100 and this kid's really good, and he's now coming into our first team. We are not getting that. And what that means is we are going to have to sign. We're going to have to buy talent to fill that void. And it's kind of what we're doing. You know, think about Jed Spence, um, uh, the, the other, the, the lad in Italy who we've signed. Um, we are kind of signing those young players because we've realized we're not producing them right now. And it is a fault that's happened so we're gonna to have to spend more to try and catch that up jed spence is a good example because we had a player in like carl walker peters who really could have developed and should have developed to be a player who's an absolute first choice for tottenham and england really and i stand by that but he never got loaned out you know he never played first team football when he finally did southampton bought him straight away and he has done very well there um, so I, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult because there's so many X factors, you know, you can look at a young player and go, this kid is the best thing since sliced bread. And then he discovers beer when he turns 18 and, yeah, sure. and that's the end of it. So there are so many X factors and that's why I talk about it being a numbers game because you you could look at it and go they're so good and then you know oh actually no he met a girl <laughs> and yeah. now and now he isn't quite so dedicated if you if you look though sam like it's, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned some of the some of the players we've had to buy so yeah. i know uh, uh papa Sar's not gone anywhere he stayed i don't know if we, we try to get him yeah. alone but you look at um so spent spent last year on loan not without he wasn't our player but he spent no. last year on loan so technically you could look at that as a young player yeah. who's got who's had a year's uh loan at a champions league uh, sorry championship team championship yeah yeah championship team and then you've got the uh guy you doggy who's 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 uh 
on loan, but we've got he's on loan again. Yeah. So although although it's te- you know it's technically two, we have got we you know we we've got players that are, have kind of had loans and you know we, we're developing those players that have not come through the academy, but you know it's all right. You've got to spend money. You know, we, like you say, you've got to spend a fee on getting them, but the fee on getting them compared to the fee on players that are sort of 25, 26 that are fully established. Maybe, maybe they're just maybe the, the clubs just weighing up the the pros and cons and thinking, do you know what? This yeah. we, we're happy to splash a few few million to kind of make up for the shortfall at the moment until we get this sorted. And so we yeah. have we have got players. Technically, you could add to that list in theory, really. You know? Yeah, uh, you, you're right. I mean, it's it's a debate that could run and run. I, I'm just from my point of view, I feel like it's a missed opportunity with some players. I, I'm going to give you. I, I tell you what, this will lead really nicely into us talking about the Champions League game. Did you notice the Sporting Lisbon played, uh, who also in our group played Frankfurt yesterday? Yeah, you're going to talk about Marcus Edwards. Of course I am. Yeah, uh, Mini Messi is a graduate of Tottenham's academy. Um, he, again, was just a player that mishandled with loans, mismanaged, and eventually he went and signed for a club in Portugal, um, played there did brilliantly and then got signed by one of the biggest clubs in Portugal, Portugal sport in Lisbon. And he made his champions league debut last night, scoring one and getting an assist in a three nil win. Uh, man of the match, I believe. Um, phenomenal. He is an amazing talent and someone who to this day, I'm still gutted. I didn't get to watch it at the Tottenham Hotspur stadium. Genuinely, the guy is just brilliant and we play them next week, <laughs> but uh, again, it's just a perfect example. Now that does lead us lovely into the Champions League. Last night we played Marseille at home. We won the game two nil. Uh, Richarlison with his first and second goal for the club and his first ever goals in Europe Champions League football. And if you see the video of him crying with his family afterwards, you know how much it means to him, which was kind of wonderful. Uh, mate, you were there. Yeah, you, you know, do you know what? Just briefly, and this will lead, lead into it. So when we went to the Fulham game, uh, obviously yeah. Richarlison had that goal disallowed at the end. Yeah. And Seb walked out of the game and he was really upset. And I'm like, mate, we won. He's like, I know, but I just wanted to see Richarlison score. He said, I was so yeah. desperate to watch him score. So you can imagine him how he lost his shit when Richarlison uh, scored. Uh, like, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I... I it was funny as well because I said to the guy next to me that it's really weird seeing us play a team in light blue and the, yeah. fan, the fans actually being quite quite um, uh, animated because yeah. normally when you watch this team, you know, it's like a morgue over there. <laughs> yeah, well, they, but, they were definitely animated. Yeah, um, they, yeah, I saw the fight at the end. Do, do you know, yeah. when we was walking to the game, uh, they, they were being herded. And when I say being herded, it was like, they, if, if I could put a number on it, maybe about 100 to 150 police officers yeah. basically creating this kind of rectangle shape and just moving them. And they they, they all got they all got guided, the road got closed to, to the away-ins and no Spurs fans could go there. And I, yeah. and, I, and I said to Sib, like, even when we go and watch Spurs Arsenal, I don't see this. And like, I've been, I remember since play Ajax a couple of years in the Champions League. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just them, like, yeah, was it just Marseille fans? I mean, we <laughs> Marseille, really... Marseille fans aren't 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 the best, um, and as got proven with the way they behave. I the the worst thing about that is I know UEFA do nothing. Um, it, it drives me insane. Um, English English fans so much as raise their voices on the streets and we get tear gassed. 
it, yeah, anyway, that drives me insane. But the actual game itself, um, I felt Marseille uh, played very well. They were very structured, very disciplined. And I felt like we, although we, we lacked that, we looked solid, but it was like every time we went forward, someone would miss a pass or, or like it, it was like someone had try that one extra touch or, or something. Do, do you know what I mean? It's just like one of those nights where the front three or four or five just, it was like one pass away every time. It was driving me nuts. Yeah, I, I felt like the, I felt like Conte's game plan was, look, you know, let them play around with the ball and we'll kind of, uh, we'll try to feed it into Richarlison or Son and Kane. Uh, hope hope a flick kind of pays off, and then because yeah. they were because Marseille were playing a really high line, they were really they were yeah, uptight was, again. Like yeah. Richarlison, like you could see that yeah. he, he wasn't being given that space, and obviously once they got their players sent off in the second half, the, he had like all the space he wanted, you know. But that they were they were they were really managing the game well in the first half. Marseille. but like I say, I was saying that at the same time, I felt like. Conte knew that, like Conte knew that was the, what the game plan was, and as frustrating yeah. as it was, if the, if one of those flicks had come off, like you said, if one of those flicks had come off, yeah, one, exactly, we was, would have been gone, yeah. and there you go, one two nil. So it was kind of game of real fine margin. The first half was real fine margins, and unfortunately, we didn't get the the break we needed. I don't think. No, I I agree. I agree. It was just like one flick away, one pass going to feet rather than, you know, and they were doing a great job. Like the defenders were blocking stuff, you know, throwing themselves in the line. So uh, I I was frustrated, obviously, because obviously I want to watch us batter teams, but I I wasn't despondent. Um, And then obviously I felt Richarlison's goals were both brilliant. Uh, Perisic's cross was phenomenal. Hoiberg's cross was phenomenal, and his finishes for both. I was over the moon. He's, he's, uh, it's really, yeah. He's got. I don't know if you, if you notice this watching it on television, but he's got a, a kind of an awkwardness for Charleston to him. Yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know how to explain it, but he's kind of like sometimes, like those goals. I mean, they they almost felt Ronaldo esque. The power yeah, he got yeah, in his neck. You, you know, he really put. The first one, the first one actually, and I didn't realise this because their goalkeeper, I was thinking, Paul Lopez, where have I heard that name? And I'm like, <laughs> he, he used to play us. for us. He never got yeah, a goal, yeah, yeah, never yeah. got a game. No, he... But um, the, the, the the header was at him. And so you can yeah. see how much power Richarlison got in that header that even though the ball actually was at the goalkeeper, there was nothing he could do because it flew at him like a bullet, you know? But um, yeah. I, I, the, the guys, like, you watch it, when you watch him, uh, Richarlison, like, if he if he'd sort of defend... Because he, he gets... Obviously, he, he, he supports in defence, you know, when, when Marseille are in, on the attack. And yeah. sometimes he'll block the ball. And I'm like, he's got his body in a really weird angle. Like, you yeah, know, there's something is, kind of just awkward, awkward about him. But it, it actually helps him. And I think it gives him that advantage. I, I agree. Yeah. And um, it's funny. I remember Everton fans uh, being like... You'll love him when he's yours. Yeah, and I, I can't think of a player who's more disliked universally to being more loved by Tottenham fans now. Just he's great. He is, and he his running, his attitude lifts everyone. You can see it. Like yeah. when he's closing people down, you can see the other players like, oh, you know, shit, I need to be doing this. <laughs> you know, if yeah. I don't do this, Conte's going to single me out for sprints next week. Um, so he, he has that and he has that in spades and he has that ability, but both, you know, two headed goals, he arrived 
and like the second one for me is even better because the defender's right there. So he has sort of gambled on the fact that the defender's not going to get it. And he has hit sort of like the side or the back of his head and he has managed to snap his neck to direct it. It was, it was great. I was I was so happy and I felt 2-0, good reflection of the game. Um and it's just a really good start. You know, there was there was a little bit of nerves, I think. The atmosphere was I thought was amazing, the start of the game. Um Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know I just, sorry, it was on. brilliant. No, sorry, I was gonna say Sam, I was talking about the atmosphere. I, I it, it was insane. And and it's and I, I, I do you know what I want to apologise to people listening who haven't got kids or just get sick of me talking about Seb, but I just feel like yeah. because he's so into it at the moment, I feel like I am living yeah. it through him. You know, I don't get me wrong, the passion is still there. I you know, I'm very, very passionate about my football. As you, as you like as you well, you know, we both yeah. are we wouldn't be doing this, would we, if it wasn't passionate. No, no. But he, he, he just he take it's that I don't know what the best way to describe it, not maybe maybe innocence, but you know, he's just pure. It's a pure passion for him. It's pure. You know, he hasn't got the worry of electricity and gas bills and mortgages to pay or anything. You know, he's, 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 you know, he's got that pure passion that he can have, you know? So when, when we went to the, um, when we was at the game and, they did a light show. I don't know if they if they showed it on television. Yeah, they did, yeah, right? I did see it. it and, was and phenomenal. We, yeah, we we they encouraged us all to wear white and uh, to have our phone lights on, so you give you that kind of like twinkly star atmosphere, you know. And yeah. they come out, and I, I felt like he was going to cry. You know, he you could see he was just like. You know, it's somewhat he physically looks overwhelmed by the whole yeah. thing. Like the Champions League music was being played, and <laughs> and and, the, and he looked he looked up at the camera, like he looked up at the screen, and he see the the the, the camera uh, wave past the player standing there yeah. in a line, and he just looked absolutely overwhelmed by the whole thing, and yeah. it was. Uh, it was that was it. You know, I was living it through him, and I think I think as as well because. I mean, when he was when we last was in the Champions League, I think he was a bit too young for it, and now obviously yeah. he's at the age. But it's it's to him. It's like I can't believe it. I can't believe we're at the Champions League here. I'm at a yeah, Champions yeah, League game. You know, beautiful. it is insane. Like it's insane that feeling. No, I, I, there, I know? love it. I I just uh, you know his reactions and his. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's it's what and and it's memories. I yeah, mean, that is when when uh, me and you are long gone and he's talking to his own kids, he's going to tell them about the time he was at a Champions League game with his dad, and that's. That's what it is. He was, he was like, yeah, it was like, I think the best way to describe it, it was like a little Mexican bean, the whole, you know, those little Mexican dancing <laughs> things. And it got to the point where I was like, because obviously we sit next to each other and he was leaning his elbow onto my arm. And you know that feeling after a while, you know when you get a Chinese burn? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm getting that. And I'm thinking, I'm going to bear the pain because I know he's like really into <laughs> yeah. it. But after about 30 minutes, I was like, this is too painful. And I sort yeah. of moved my arm away. And every time I moved my arm away, he'd bring it back. And he, he just was just a ball of just, the whole time yeah, it's just energy that you know it was fantastic and it, obviously I talk about him but the whole stadium was like that the whole stadium no, was that was, ball of was, energy it, it really sometimes it doesn't translate to TV it did you got it you really got it from TV did you yeah, yeah. It, was, it was amazing oh fantastic um, right then it is time to hand the show over to our fellow fans and see what they got to say now it's time for your comments from our social media. Right then, Matt, if we go to Facebook or Instagram. Let's go traditional. Let's go Instagram first, my friend. The Instagram, the Instagram from lovely Laura. Uh, Blong7. Okay. Real name? Uh, 
Uh, so I hope so. <laughs> How would you feel about Pochettino managing Chelsea? Thank, well, thankfully, we haven't got because of that because it looks like Potter's going, but that would make me physically sick if it if it had happened. That happening in the same week of Deli Ali shaking hands with oh, Julius, I think would have. Don't say I that. I think it would have. It would have finished me. Oh, I think that'd have been it. I, I, I'm struggling as that is. It's, if anyone's uh, listening who hasn't seen that picture, don't because don't, it's, it's, don't it find made it. Me it, cry. Just, it yeah, it, it hurts. It hurts so many levels. The only way it would have been better is if he then chinned him. <laughs> yeah. No. Did you know what? I was, like, I was talking to Seb about because like Seb, Seb doesn't like you know he's got no idea of how why we hate Sol Campbell. He knows what he knows we yeah. hate them, but he's got no idea why. Yeah. And I think as much as maybe this is me because I'm so sentimental towards Delhi, but I'm wondering. Well, it's got to be a case of this that Judas has turned up and yeah. he, he and like. Uh, have you got the bleep machine? Because most most of us. No, no, you, you carry on. Oh, right. well, well, if he appeared in you, I'd just go and tell you to fuck off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think Delhi could. Do you know what I mean? That's the problem. As much as he probably in his yeah. mind thinking, you know, I know I'm Tottenham, and he's got. We know I, but from a professional I, point of view, I would I would love to think that, but mm. until until that is proven, he's dead to me. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, the next question is from someone who now. Has his own theme. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Johnny Stark Show. And here is his question. <laughs> I recognise that voice. Yeah, it's a sort of local celebrity from Amazon. Uh, the Johnny Stark says, how is it that Richarlison used to be the player I despised most in the league and now he's possibly my favourite player in the squad? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> also, what are your thoughts on the behaviour of the Marseille fans? Uh, they're dickheads, to be honest with you. Anyone who goes to football and does shit like that, in my opinion, is a dickhead. When when it's, we it's... yeah, when we was walking past the uh, you know we said, I said uh, we was walking past that kind of block. Yeah. One of them, um, one of the fans was getting led away in handcuffs, and Seb, <laughs> Seb was like, "I've never seen someone get arrested in real life." And I'm like, <laughs> oh, "Welcome to the Marseille." Fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably not going to be your last time, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, okay, and now the next one from Instagram is someone else who has their own theme, and this is probably one of my favourite themes. Now it's time for a comment from my own brother. I, I literally dance to this whenever I play. <laughs> I just want to kind of lilt whenever you play it. Yeah, that's yes, that's what we need. And if people from that particular brand are listening, we take bribes. Yeah, Send we us some. We'll yeah. talk about you every week. Minimum 24 pack can pack. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. And, and we will talk about you every week. Uh, Island Rubber says, get in, Richie. Uh, um, uh, hey, guys. Hope you're well and Sam is making a full recovery. Do you have any news on Sar? How is he getting on in training? Are the staff impressed or is he another youth prospect will probably sell on? Um, Sar was lined up to go back out on loan, not because they're not impressed. Uh, Conte really likes him, um, but was lined up to go on loan to get minutes because obviously you at that age again, going back to my point earlier on, they, they want him to get as many minutes as possible and as many games as possible. However, as there was a deal lined up, um, and my understanding is Conte and the coaching staff cancelled it. They want to keep him in the squad. Uh, he's been named in the Champions League squad. He's in a Premier League. He will get game time. You know, you look at this season, there are so many games. It is so messed up this season. He will get games. 
Um, the other major factor was they had no idea how quickly Benton Core would recover from concussion, uh, which was quite nasty, by the way. That, that concussion, he was really not good, but fortunately he recovered very quickly and, and got clearance to resume and, and get back playing. But yeah, uh, he is very much part of the squad. Uh, all indications from everyone is he is very much part of the squad and he will definitely get games. So hopefully we'll get to see him. Um, I, I mean, I'd love to see him. Uh, of course, a lot depends on the draws. You know, you get a draw against League Two side or lower in the FA Cup, League Cup, he's going to start those games. Yeah. Uh, if we third round of the FA Cup, we draw Chelsea away, he's not going to start. <laughs> but mm. I, hopefully we'll get a few decent draws in the domestic cups and we'll get to see a few few of these players get even more minutes. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, personally. I, I really like him. Okay, over to Facebook then. Uh, Tom Agerskew. Uh, Tom Agerskew says, Where do you stand on the Richarlison antics? Do you enjoy it, hate it, or accept it as part of the player and won't change him? Absolutely um, love it. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where like Eric Lamella, largely loved for being a shit house for us. Uh, Richarlison at Everton, largely hated for being a shit house for them. He's ours now, so uh, I, I personally, uh, you know, he can do what he likes. We've um, got two. We've got two now, haven't we? Two absolute oh, yeah. shit houses. Yeah, yeah. South and, American and, and players. Ironically, they took each other out last season. <laughs> it's uh, Michael Jasperanis says, of all the other team signings, who would you have liked Spurs to have signed? I can guess the obvious goal machine, but I think Sam might suggest someone else. Haaland would, would actually be... <laughs> that, that would have been... Oh. I'd have moved Kane to be a playmaker and put him as number nine. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I don't know. I Strangely, I'm possibly sentimental. I, I would like Ericsson to be with us as a creative option. I watched him pick passes and destroy Arsenal for Man United the other day. And I kind of looked at that and went, oh, you know, when, when you see a struggle to break a team down, you kind of look at that and go, God, we missed that. You know, we've never replaced it. Mm. Um, so maybe, but uh, I don't know. Michael, let me know if you had anyone. And Matt, was there anyone you've seen a club sign you think, oh, I'd have had him? There's been, been some really good... I mean, Chelsea have spent a fortune, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Not yeah. that it's uh, helped their manager, but... Uh, no. Or ex-manager now. <laughs> yep. But, uh, then. Oh, do you know what? As, 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 of all the signs going, I know you said don't mention Harlem, but oh my yeah, God, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I know. Just... Uh, another level that guy yeah. he just really is uh, Pete Thompson says hi guys hope you're well the start of the season results wise has been fantastic however do you think the performances we put in so far have been any good I'd argue that a good team still gets the points when they aren't playing well uh, and so far I feel this is where we are I think the players can give more um, they just don't seem to be clicking uh, what are your thoughts I think we kind of discussed this earlier on, Pete, and apologies, I've fallen into that trap again. <laughs> we did this first. Right? <laughs> we did say we do this first. Whoops. Okay, yeah, whoops. I, I took a week off. Everyone, I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I, um, it, I it's one of those things where I remember watching Tottenham years ago and we'd lose games, draw games, and then all of a sudden we'd batter a team. We'd be like, oh, finally it clicked. The difference with us now is we're not doing that. We're not losing games. Like we, we drew with Chelsea away, we drew with West Ham away. Now those two results, uh, although you might look at them and go, oh, you know, we could have grabbed one. 
personally, I think on paper, those two, especially when you think about West Ham was a midweek game at night. And it's like, you know, you play, you play Crystal Palace three o'clock on a Saturday at Selhurst Park. It is a very different thing to playing them on a weeknight. That atmosphere yeah, in that ground yeah. is nuts. <laughs> and it is yeah. a different game. So when you, I think when you look at the West Ham away result, and I think you look at the Chelsea away result uh, as a season, like if we then step out of the season and look back and go, oh, they were good points. Um, other than that, we've picked up wins and I, I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I think the Man City game is going to be an, another yardstick. I think if we go there and come away with anything, I think again, we're doing well. Um, I think if we go there and get battered, <laughs> then obviously it's going to put a pretty serious dent in everything. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, do, do you know what? Like, don't get me wrong, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting for a second that we're playing like peak Barcelona or anything like that. But I just feel oh. like, look, we've got we've got an identity now that we didn't have at the beginning of last season under Nuno. We don't talk about Nuno. Nuno. Yeah, I wasn't going to miss that chance. <laughs> I know, that's why you took your time. I was like, find the right button, Sam. Find the right button. <laughs> well, right. But sounds, we, I feel like, like my ex. <laughs> we've, we've got an identity now, and and we've got a structure the way we play. And look, okay, we're not we're not playing. I think to our, our abilities. But you mentioned the West Ham game away. I think we yeah. played like the home team against West Ham. I yeah. felt like we were controlling that game. I know there was times, you know, when it got a bit squeaky bum time but in yeah, on the yeah, whole nice. I feel like we had, we had control of that game and maybe if we'd have just moved up into fourth gear instead of starting third gear like we was then it, we would have yeah. won that uh, canter you know so yeah. I agree we're not playing as well as we can but I feel like the narrative especially in the media is like we're playing shit and it's like we're, we're lucky to have yeah. the points we've got on the board and I don't I don't well, I'm not well, buying people, that people have this no, people have this kind of narrative of football if you're not playing like Pete Man City or Pete yeah. Liverpool, you're not playing well. Um, mm. It's not. That's not. That's not how it works. Uh, but anyway, uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, uh, the famous Amazon man, says, "Champions League returns to Tottenham. Uh, at the time of writing this comment, the stadium won't be sold out. Uh, what do you think about the club and the ticket prices?" Um, yeah, it is is a little bit sad um, about the ticket prices, but. I mean, don't get me wrong. The atmosphere was amazing. The, the, you know, the fans that were there were phenomenal. Would I like to see our stadium completely sold out for every champion? Of course, I would. Every game, every home game. Um, and I do think the pricing point when when you look at it, you do look at it and think, "Come on, Chelsea are up the road. They've won this last season, and they're cheaper than us." And the argument is, "Yeah, but our stadium's better." <laughs> It's kind of like, oh, you, you, you. Yeah, it's it's difficult because look, don't get me wrong. I'm not. Trying, so I pay sixty quid for my ticket at first. That's ninety yeah. quid, but it's the two of us, right? Okay, yeah. so that compared to other team, compared to other football clubs, I agree that that's 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 expensive. But then, like yeah. you say, we've got probably the best stadium in the country, if not in Europe, if not the world. Yeah. We have got. So, I guess if you you. If you go to see him, you only got to look at as much, as much as I'd ever buy a ticket. You've only got to look at the Harry Styles concert. Okay, I think the tickets are going for something like four hundred and fifty <laughs> quid each, right? So, four hundred and fifty quid to see Harry Styles, or ninety quid for the two of us to go and see Tottenham. Is, On, is so um, compare, Harry Styles compare a with... magician? What 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 is a Harry Styles? Do you know you're you're going to show your age now, Sam? And you're both uh, no, Harry no, Styles. I, I, I that know, guy's I got know, no talent. I know what he is. He he was in Dunkirk. He's an actor. 
I don't know why people pay to go see him. Do, do you know Does he I sing it. as well? Do you know what I love just really briefly? Uh, and, and I know yeah. we can delve into policies, and I promise this isn't me like kind of going. But on the yeah. day that the new Prime Minister was announced, the biggest yeah. story of the day was Harry Styles spitting on someone. Like that, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was a big that. story. Yeah, yeah, that was, the yeah. country's got a new Prime Minister. Well, well, I think, to be honest with you, we've had, I think someone said to me the other day, we've had four Prime Ministers in six years. We're done with that now. Who's yeah. a Prime Minister? We don't care. We're, we're done. We, we've had that. Talk about something else. Yeah, exactly. It's, boring, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, we got a new Prime Minister. What, again? whoop de doo Who is it this week? Yeah. Did we this vote week. for this one? No? Okay, carry on oh, then. Oh, dear. Yeah. But yeah, just bringing it back. So I think, look, I, I get it, right? And and look, it's it's a cost of living crisis. And I, to be honest, yeah, with you, I, I know. Mean, yeah, it, I stuck it on the credit card. It's not money I can afford. But it's just, it's just. Uh, Vicky, things. if you're listening, uh, it's the company card. <laughs> it's the Spurs news card. Yeah, what is there one? Because yeah. I've received it the post yet, Sam. Is it, when is it on its way? Really. <laughs> Really? You mean you've not had your wages? No. I, I don't know what to are say. You, are I you mean, telling me there's a prepaid credit card that, that I, you're holding up? Yeah, for yeah. Dan, well, how do you think Dan goes everywhere? Dan goes on all these holidays and he marks them down as a Spurs News recreational, you know. Oh, yeah, I had to go uh, visit a few European cities uh, just to be sure. But no, I'm, so Laura, Laura has these spa days constantly, although that's mostly from her website income um but yeah it is it's annoying it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you can see both sides me personally i think you can see both sides they price it at a premium because they feel it is a premium ticket a premium event whereas a lot of fans look at it and go oh come on wouldn't it be better to have the stadium sold out and loud than you know five thousand ten thousand empty seats i think it's one of those things where if it gets to the point where you see the atmosphere really getting dragged, like the press saying, you know, we empty seats everywhere, I think they'll adjust the pricing. At the moment, I don't think they will. No. no. Um, but up next is Tom Perks, who says, off to my first Spurs ladies game on Saturday. Do you think we've seen Lucas Moura's last game in a Spurs shirt? Now, I don't know if you think Lucas Moura's playing for Spurs ladies or whether this is two <laughs> unrelated comments, but... He's so desperate to I get mean, a game. I, can't I mean, play for the ladies. I mean, I know in the modern world he can transition and become, you know, uh, Lucasetta. I, I don't know. Yeah, Lu- Lucas Lucasetta Mora, um, Maureen, perhaps. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, okay, two points. One, enjoy the game. I, I find the atmosphere at the women's games brilliant. So enjoy that. Um, no, I don't think we have. Um, he's got an injury at the moment. Um, the club are still very much in love with him. Uh, you only got to look at the fact they've just done a whole documentary about him on Spurs play, which, if you've not watched it, please do. It's phenomenal. Um, they they uh, do you know at half time. Really... Sorry, Sam, I didn't mean to interrupt, mate. I was going to say at half time they put on the big screen an advert for it as well. So you're right. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, this it it's, a lot it's uh, humbling. It's humbling seeing where he came from. It is quite a eye-opening as well very eye-opening so so yeah take a look at that and enjoy it um tom no i I think as soon as he's fit again he'll be straight back in um and rotated because there are so many games (laughs) so many games as a fan i'm loving it but as a player it must be like oh come on wednesday saturday tuesday that's insane anyone's books (laughs) It it is ridiculous um the final one is from someone else who now has his own theme because I promised him because he's always there. He's consistent. He asks us questions. And so I did this. Here is a question from Ryan Miller. 
You won't know what time it is. It's Miller time. <laughs> it's Miller time. I like the fact uh, you call him Mr. Reliable. He's like the Eric Dyer of the Spurs News podcast. He is, he is. He's always there for me. Uh, says Ryan says hope you're better now Sam it's good to have you back thank you do you think Saar will get some game time this season do you know much about his style of play when he was in Germany well he was in France not Germany <laughs> for a start um, perhaps, should we, should we have seen that, that, that theme perhaps, tune yeah, yeah the theme tune has been deleted what the hell um, do you know what it's one of those things where he was in France last year uh, he was in Montpellier if he was in Germany before that I apologise I, I, I just know he was in France um, maybe uh, just Germany on holiday maybe like just gone to to be honest the only games of him I've seen were for Senegal um, he is box to box all action all energy and he won the award for young African player of the year which is no you know that's no bullshit that is a big yeah. deal there are some phenomenal football players from that continent and he won the young African player of the year so he is talented. He is going to need games. He's going to need to adjust to England. Um, and I, I, I said earlier on, I think he will get games. And the fact that the coaching team elected to keep him, you know, could have gone on a season's loan, but they went, no, we want him here. I think that speaks volumes as well. Um, so, Do you know, it's his birthday next week as well. We'll have to wish him a happy birthday. He's going to be oh. 20 next next. Wednesday. Oh, really? Getting on then? Oof. Yeah, no, he's yeah, getting on. Dear. I, I'm, I'm 40 in January. Wow, mate. Once you're your 40s, mate, it's... Uh, Don't say that to me at the a, moment. It's a... No, no, <laughs> shush, shush. No, no, I'm not no, talking about no, your health, mate. I'm just no, talking about just, life. No, 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 shush. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be positive. Um, Anyway, that is it. That is everything. Uh, the next games, before you hear from us again, we would have played Manchester City away and Sporting Lisbon away. Oh, only two games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only two games between now and when we return. We will be back next Thursday. I hope everyone stays well and takes care in the meantime. And of course, as always, come on you Spurs. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.